Hello and welcome to Positive Global Impact, the podcast that encourages you to pursue your dreams and transform not only your life, but also the planet. I hope you feel great and have an amazing start into the new week, guys. It's Monday again, and I'm very happy that I can share a brand new episode with you. About my interview partner from today, you can really say that he's an experienced volunteer. <laughs> When I heard that he has already worked in four completely different projects, I knew that I needed to interview him. But first of all, welcome Samuel and thank you for taking your time and becoming part of the PGI podcast. Maybe you could just real quick introduce yourself in a couple of sentences. Hi, uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, as you already said, my name is Samuel. I am from Bavaria, Germany. I'm 21 years old. And uh, from 2018 to 2019, I uh, traveled to four different countries to work in different volunteer projects. And yeah, I'm about to tell you about some of them today. Amazing. Just uh, before we start, another question, Samuel. What are you most grateful grateful for at the moment? At the moment? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I'm most grateful um, that I am that I'm healthy and that my that my life is really good right now. I've I've I feel like um, it's so easy to take your health for granted, you know? That's like you, there's so many, so many things that could go wrong with you. So many things that, that could happen to you that you don't think about like every day, obviously. And I'm trying to not take these things for granted. And I'm just lucky that I, that I am where I am today and that I'm healthy most of all, because that's not a given, I feel like. Yeah. Very, very important point. So true. Especially in the yeah worldwide the, situation. Especially these times, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so like we already told you, uh, Samuel has took a year off and traveled around the world to participate in different projects. Samuel, you have been, for example, to Mauritius, uh, to South Africa, New Zealand and Australia. Um, when we talked the first time, for me, it was a little bit hard to choose like which project we could talk about because I feel like four projects are a lot to talk about at the same time. They um, are, yeah. <laughs> so I told you that you can choose. It's completely up to you. And um, yeah, we are already actually said that eventually we will record a second episode for you guys. We'll see. But yeah, I'm very grateful that, that you will share your experience with us as a volunteer. Yeah, sure. Of course. <laughs> so um, maybe just before we're diving into the specific project that you want to talk about, um, would you say that you have always been so affectionate and interested in nature and animals? Or when did that start? Um, what do you think? I think it's always been... Um, a part of me to some degree. I remember that as a kid, I really, um, like even, even as a very young child, I used to enjoy, um, especially animals. I really uh, liked the different kinds of animals um, that there were. Um, and I, I was outside often as a kid, actually. And I feel like that continued for a long time. Um, then I had a period from, I don't know what that was like 
14 to like 17 or something, I kind of lost that and went into a different direction. But now, and obviously since the volunteering projects, I kind of um, found that passion for these topics again. And I'm really um, back into it now. So, but it's been, it's been a part of me for forever, as long as I can think. Yeah. Do you think, uh, like, what would you say was the, the cause? Like, did your parents often take you to animal parks or have you spent a lot of time in nature or? Um, obvious. Yeah. Obviously because I spent uh, time outside um, and I also, as a, as a kid, I was very interested, interested in reading. So I read a lot, even from a very young age. And I always had these books with the, with the animals. And then I learned my, my letters with the, with the animals, you know, A, A is for, I don't know, for, uh, ape or something, you know, B is for bird. I don't know. And that's something I always had, um, these this animal aspect with me as I grew up we always had pets we always had um two cats at home as long as I can remember and yeah I think it's just I don't I can't even really tell you what it was that it started because it, it was so early on that I don't really remember where it started you know so it's been it's just it's been natural there to you the, it's just na yeah it feels natural it's been it's been there for the longest time yeah awesome yeah kind of the same with me um, all right. So what you did is pretty special. At least I haven't talked to so many people doing that. I know a couple of people that have traveled and then maybe participated in two different projects, but four is like a lot. So maybe you can take us a little bit back to the time. Um, how did you get the idea of taking the year off? When was it? And, and why did you choose maybe also those four countries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the idea was in the works for quite some time. Um, I finished school in 2017 and I had the idea to go somewhere um, a few, few years before that even, but I never really knew because I never really knew what to do after school. I never had a, a kind of direction where I wanted to go. So I... My, I think my my uh, parents actually uh, pitched me the idea of a gap year to just go abroad somewhere and have like this phase where you can learn something about yourself and learn something about the world, you know, and just figure out what you want to do. And so the idea has been in the works for a long time. And I, uh, yeah, after my after my uh, after I finished school, I worked for one year and then. In 2018, I uh, tra traveled there. I used to, I did it with an organization that um, helped me with uh, all of my projects because projects I, as you said, it's a lot for projects, isn't very easy, especially if you haven't done anything like that before. So you, I needed someone to help me with that. And this organization that I, uh, that I did this with, they helped me a lot. And yeah, that's just, the, that's just, um, the way this started, I didn't really know about volunteering, um, before that. I mean, I know obviously there, that there was volunteering, but I had never really looked into it. And much of it came for, came from my mom. She always, cause she knows that I have this, uh, passion for animals. 
and I always um, uh, said that that's something that I wanted to do. And she had the idea that I could try the the volunteering project, and that's basically how I how I came to the idea to do this. And why did you choose like a whole year? I because I wanted to. I wanted to, to do a proper gap year. I didn't want it to be like just a month and then get back here. I wanted to really go out there because that's all also something that I learned that I really like. I like traveling and I want to see as much of the world as possible. And I was always interested in going some countries that I've never seen before, especially the countries that are at the other end of the world. That's just something that's so thrilling to me because it's so it's so far apart from home. And obviously that's something that you can't compare to anything that you've done before usually. And that's something that's really, that was really, that was really itching to do, you know? Well, what I think is speci special about your gap year is that like the four countries you choose are like probably like the complete opposite. Like you had went from one extreme to the other. I know it's like it's I I mean I I chose the countries because I or I chose these specific countries because the organization that I uh, worked with they had only a specific number of locations that you could go to and I looked at the different locations and then I looked at what um projects they had at these locations and then I just chose uh which project I liked the most and then obviously which place I would like to visit the most and that's how I came to these different uh Uh, locations of my journey yeah very cool do you have any um or at that time had any friends who've already done volunteer work or was it like a complete new idea that your mom brought to you or that you've heard about yeah no it was completely new i didn't know anybody who went on a gap year before that none of my friends ever did it and As far as I know, I, none of my closer friends uh, have done any of this ever in their life. So I was really like the first one in my inner circle to do this. So I didn't have anyone to like uh, talk to about, or like to ask about this. So I went in there completely um, alone and like from I did it from scratch, basically. Yeah. Great. So, well, you already told me which project you want to talk about today. And I'm very excited because the project you've worked there for me is like a dream. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will tell us more about your project in South Africa. And if I got That's it right, right yeah. you worked in a safari park. I mean, how, how cool is that? <laughs> I know. I know. That's, that's really cool. I mean, a safari park, everybody, I feel like everybody wants to do a safari at one point in their life. I feel like that's like on, on everyone's bucket list. And if you get the opportunity to, to be in one and actually work in a safari park, I think that's like on a whole, on a whole different level. It's so cool. So most important question first, have you seen the big five? <laughs> Not all of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Not all of them. I saw, let me think, I saw uh, one, two, three of them, I think. Or f actually, I think I, I think I think I did see four. I didn't see the rarest one. I didn't see a leopard because they are so hard to spot. They are so hard to hard to spot, and it's also 
that the leopards they don't the leopards jump from safari park to safari park they don't they never really know where they are so they can't really monitor them very well so you never know if you're gonna see one or not yeah but every 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 one of the other ones i did see great yeah for me it's a dream to see elephants because i don't know somehow like already when i was a newborn they gave me like a elephant a small turkeys oh, yeah. elephant and actually not only elephants are my favorite animals but also turkeys so maybe yeah somehow i got oh, imprinted yeah. on this i know animals are <laughs> elephants are awesome yeah. elephants are awesome um okay so if we go back to the day that i think uh, the south africa project was your second one right It was my second one, yeah. yes. So how can I imagine, like, you packed all your stuff in Mauritius with uh, the sea turtles and you went yeah. <laughs> you went to South Africa with... Did you look like you, like, literally that you went on safari? Like, did you have to bring green clothes, I guess, clothes to no, shoes? No, no, I just, I just <laughs> had my... I mean, I obviously, I had some work clothes with me. I had some some shoes that were suitable for work out in the in the park. But I ha I just had normal uh, a normal shirt on some some pants that I had I did get a shirt from them like a uh some a park shirt you know that's like the the uniform uniform that you had to wear but other than that I didn't really look like a typical uh safari tour guide or something I just looked ordinary I would say <laughs> were there other volunteers with you there were there were a lot actually um, when I arrived there. I arrived in South Africa and um, first of all, I spent the first night in a uh, in a lodge in a B&B and there from there I was um, picked up and transported to the to the safari park and in the lodge there were two other two other people with me which were also going to the to the same safari park. So these were the first two that I met and then when I got there, I think there were already like 10 or 15 people there. So there were a lot. And I think this was at a time, because it was around uh, New Year's, you know, it was the change almost from 2018 to 2019. So it was a time where there weren't as many volunteers as usually. So there, usually there were many more, but still, I've, there were um, still a lot of people there. I didn't expect that because in the um, project before that on Mauritius, I was basically completely alone for my whole uh, for my whole project so that was a, a pretty big change I would say did you have any expectation I, I guess it was the first time for you in South Africa right or yeah yeah did you have any specific expectations like what in general South Africa would be like or your work would be like I mean I did have some expectations obviously many of them regarding the animals that i was gonna see i had <laughs> i wanted to see obviously as much as possible and then i i heard a lot of things about south africa and i heard that the people there were so cool they were like that the people there are so chilled and so friendly and i found that to be true like every almost everyone there i had i never had like a, a bad experience with any of the any of the locals there so um, I tried to go in there with as uh, little expectations as possible because I didn't want to have like huge like expectations and then wanted to be like disappointed. I probably I didn't think that was gonna happen, but I just didn't want to do that. So I tried to 
be relatively open-minded, but I obviously I had some some expectations and most of them were met, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, probably everyone has at least once seen any documentary about not, maybe not specifically South Africa, but like any safari park in Africa, so... True. And it's, it is really um, similar to the stuff you see in the documentaries. It's like this huge of open area, like no fences at all. It's just pure nature there. There's nothing. And it's, it's, it really is a lot like the stuff you see um, on TV. And that's something you, I, ex I kind of expected. And that's obviously something that was there when I got there. Um, in South Africa, they also have, I think, rainy season and dry season. Is that right? I think so, yeah. But when I went there, it was very hot. It was very hot. We had we had some rainy days, and when it rained, it poured. Like, like here, really. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, when it when it rains, it really poured down. But most of the time, it was very warm, like forty degrees wow. Celsius most of the time during the work uh, during the workday. Yeah. How did you adapt and to that? I mean, I was kind of already used to it because Mauritius wasn't very cold either, mm -hmm. but um, it still was hard. Obviously, I always had my uh, huge water bottle with me because it's obviously very important to stay hydrated uh, within these temperatures. But still, and, and but we didn't work like long hours and we were allowed to take breaks very frequently. So you could like just if you you know, had to take a break, you just could sit down somewhere in the shade and had a sip of water or like chill for a few minutes and then go back to work. So, but it was really difficult at times because we did hard work and under the, you know, the burning sun, it could get very, very difficult sometimes. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, 40 degrees is quite different from Germany. I mean, of course, in summer. I know. Yeah. And when it's constant, when it's yeah. constantly like that, I mean, at home here that's like we have a few days where it's that hot but over there it's yeah true and it's over there it's just constantly these uh these temperatures so it was kind of difficult to adapt to that but as with almost everything you kind of get used to it after the first few days so it wasn't as bad after that and maybe to get a better impression how would you describe south africa or your experience in three words in three words. Okay. First of all, I think exciting because that's what like, that's really what it was. It was the most thrilling experience that I ever had. Um, then kind, because as I said already, everyone there, like real, literally everyone there is such a nice person. And that's, um, that was a really cool experience as well. And I think I have to go with unforgettable because it is a once in a lifetime experience that you could never really recreate. You know, it's just something that you probably get once in a lifetime and it's something that I will never forget. So that's probably the three I would choose. Um, now that you talked already um, a little bit about it, Maybe you can take us back uh, into a typical day that you had in the safari park. I don't know if there were if there was something like a typical day or if every day looked different, but maybe just tell us a little bit how was your schedule or when did you get up and what did you do, you know? Okay, so we did have a rough structure to our work to our work days. 
but every day still we did something different. So usually, um, I woke up around uh, uh, about around eight eight a.m. and then I got ready, you know, and then breakfast at eight thirty, and then I think about nine o'clock, nine to nine thirty. That's usually when we would start um, uh, our work day, and we hop, we'd hop in the jeep, and then we'd go out in the park. And the first we had we had um, two drives. You know, we went first. The first one was before um, lunch, and the second one was after lunch, so in the afternoon. So, and the first drive we did mostly was um, the harder work because it was early in the day and it wasn't as hot. Um, in the mornings. So we usually did the hard work. Like we usually, um, we cut down trees that uh, didn't belong there, or we removed uh, these huge rocks from the ground that the um, trucks had to go over and that would, if they stayed there, the bumpy, uh, the ride would be very bumpy all the time. So we had to remove them. So the ride is very smooth. So um, uh, physical work most of the time. The best uh, physical work that we did, and I think most of the volunteers that were there with me would agree with me, was uh, cactus cutting. Because they had loads of um, uh, cacti that didn't belong there, you know, from some other countries that got um, brought over there. And they didn't belong there, so they had to be cut down. And we'd get these huge machetes, and you could just slice through these... um, cacti like it's nothing because they went through so smooth and it was just so satisfying the feeling of cutting down these and you just I don't know it just was the the best feeling and that was probably the most satisfying work that we that we did there but it was also one of the most dangerous quote-unquote because obviously these cacti had thousands of little spikes and if you weren't uh, careful enough we did have some protection but if you weren't careful enough they would get in your in your skin and it was almost impossible to get them out. And that was, you know, it was like a high risk, uh, high reward thing. But that was probably the best thing that I could think of. <laughs> and so, yeah, physical work for the morning, probably about like until about like 12 or 12.30. And then we drive back to our, um, you know, to where we lived. And then we had lunch for about an hour. I think we had like a break and we had lunch in between there. And then... Uh, we'd go back out and then we do some some lighter work i would say we probably um most of the time we did game counts you know you drive around and you count how many animals um you would see and you'd note down which animals you see how how many of them there were you know male female or some kind so it was lighter work most of the time and that was around we did that around until 4 or something usually and then we'd come back again, and then we had the uh, the day to ourselves most of the time. So we had our free time after that, so we could just chill out if we wanted to, or we could watch movies, or do whatever we, we'd like, basically, whatever possibilities we had. And then we um, yeah had the rest of the day to ourselves, and then we went to sleep, and then next day, same thing again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um... Can you explain me or us <laughs> how how a safari camp looks like? Like, is it with tents or is it real buildings? Or <laughs> no, no, it really, there they really are buildings there. So the thing is, it's um, a tourist thing. It's a tourist park most of, uh, for 
most of the part. But we didn't, we obviously didn't live where the tourists live. So they had a hotel where all the, the guests were, but we had separate buildings, real buildings, not tents. So um, where we had dorms with, um, there was a huge room with beds on each side of the, of the room. And there were bunk beds and everyone had like their own, their own bunk and their own uh, closet and everything. And that's where we would sleep there. They had, um, uh, men and women were separated. So they had, uh, separate, uh, uh, dorm rooms, but, um, it was basically one big building. And then we had like a, um, patch of grass outside and we had a, a front porch where we would sit very often because that was really, that was like the, the place that we hung out the most because it was like in the center where everyone could come together. Um, and then we had some, some bathrooms and some, some showers across the, across the, um, patch of grass. And then really, um, not very far from our dorms were our, um, where the kitchen and where we ate lunch every day and dinner and so on. So it was really comfortable. So it's not like you, um, you'd think where you like live not at, obviously you have to give up some comfort, um, from that you are used to from home, but it still, it's not very much, much different. I'd say from home and it's very comfortable. So it's very, I think it's, I'd say it's very easy, easy to live there still. Very interesting. <laughs> I think, well, maybe there are also different, uh, like depending on the safari park, different kinds of how they structured it, but yeah, I think every safari park is different, probably. I, I, and that was obviously the only safari park that I went to on my trip. So I can't really say how others look, but they probably are similar, but still obviously different. But I think they're, yeah, it's re really comfortable to live there. Yeah. Did it ever happen that uh, like wild animals came uh, into the, the park? Uh, actually. The, like the, not the park, sorry, actually, the, the camp. Yeah, actually that kind of happened. Obviously we didn't have elephants or lions walk around with us because, um, we obviously we had fences around the part where we lived, but we had, um, many little monkeys that were actually living, um, in the, you know, area that was, um, outside or outside of the park and they would just run around everywhere. And that's actually, they told us to, um, lock up our stuff because the monkeys would go inside the dorms and if you li left anything outside especially food obviously they would come go in there and just steal everything you know steal everything that was there so that's something they told us from the first day that we had to be careful about these monkeys because they yeah were very they were everywhere and you they also they were everywhere but the they weren't like monkeys that you could pet they were kind of shy they wouldn't let you go near them But yeah, you just had to be careful a little bit. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. From here in the national parks, for example, I know also that, I mean, by now I think it's even forbidden to take food in, but, um, back in time, I remember that there were like, if you, there are national parks right along the beaches also. And if you let your stuff there and went to swim in the ocean, raccoons and monkeys came and grabbed your bags and even stole your stuff not even got everything out but even took you like your whole bag i know so <laughs> so many so many places where i went they told me to um leave my food in like in the car or in the bus wherever or in in my room or something because i have actually seen um because i think one 
um, family with their child. They had had like some lunchbox with them and they were baboons on like a parking lot. They just walked around there and, um, one of the baboons actually grabbed the lunch package of the, of the kid and like, you know, cause they just steal this stuff if you don't watch it. And that's like, you know, you just have to be careful, <laughs> but yeah, that's just what it is over there. Yeah. Was there, was there ever a moment where you like, maybe with the first morning right in the camp or whenever, or maybe you had it a couple of times where you like woke up and couldn't believe your eyes. Like sometimes I have this feeling here even though it's been quite a time, but suddenly, like if you see whatever, in my case, the coast or the Pacific and you see just nothing but water and you're like, wow, like it's even too crazy to, I don't know, like to somehow believe, process yeah. <laughs> what you yeah, see. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. There were definitely, there definitely were these moments where you just like had to stop for a second and realize what, that you're actually, where you actually are and what you're doing right now. <laughs> But um, yeah, that, that definitely happened. It wasn't as often as I'd expected, actually, I would say, but it would happen from time to time. And it would happen to like different hours of the day, sometimes right when I woke up and sometimes like in the middle of the day when I was like, when I was chopping down trees, I would just stop for a second and think, yes, I am here. I'm doing this right now, <laughs> you know? And it's exactly how you said, you just can't really process what like that this is actually happening and it's just mind-blowing sometimes but yeah that did happen i think we we especially in the western culture we are like so used to buildings and streets and all of that that maybe the first time we come to a completely different place even nature maybe you're like wow and then somehow after a time you get even used to that so so in between there are also always this, those moments that you just explain like when suddenly <laughs> reality hits you and they're like oh my god i got used to this but wow look at that or i know you just <laughs> yeah it just it, it kind of gets normal for a few days but then this realization suddenly comes back for a moment but then it just goes back to normal so yeah. it's really yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's curious yeah um was there every anything about your experience that was like thought provoking like something that made you surprised you in a way that you um had to think about it a couple of times or that you did not expect like that or that you hadn't ha uh, thought before mm, i mean i guess I don't think too often, ex except for obviously the moments that we just talked about, I didn't, I was just, most of the time, I was just so happy that I was, that I got to do this, you know, and I just tried to enjoy as many of it as I could. And I didn't try to overthink, uh, too many things. I just tried to enjoy as much of my time as I could. I don't think there were too many things that I like. They were thought-provoking, as you said. I don't think so. And shocked? Not Did really. anything get you shocked? Mm, like in a, in a bad way? Yeah, or like, like yeah, like maybe seeing a elephant shut down in front of you because some people, you know, yeah, stole the ivory mm, or I stuff don't, like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess there were. That's also a thing that we, um, that I forgot to mention earlier. That was something that we did in the afternoon drives. We had to, um, watch out for the animals, mostly like the rhinos and the elephants. Cause, um, 
there is always the possibilities of poachers in a park like this. We actually, we didn't see any of them or encounter any of them. So everything was good, but that's like a thing that, cause the, we had two rhinos in our park that, um, that I went to and the rhinos, I think both of them had their horns cut down once before by poachers. Um, but they grew back. So, um, and they're fine now, but they obviously have to be watched, um, you know, like every day and to, make, to be made sure that they're safe. And it's just something that you, that's different when you're actually there. Cause obviously you hear about these things, animals are being killed and they're exploited for their, you know, horns or the elephant tusks or something. And it's just something that you hear on TV when you're at home and you just don't really think about too much. But when you're actually there trying to protect the animals from poachers and people trying to hurt them, uh, that's just something, something different entirely. So yeah, that's something that you, that really, that is something that actually, actually makes you think. It's crazy, right? Because someone like you or also the other volunteers go to this place or to other places to like enjoy the biodiversity, um, enjoy nature and the richness of animals and everything. And then there are just people that do the complete opposite that try to, to, for their own good or for money or whatever, try to hurt. I know it's, that's like, it's crazy to me that actually, that people actually do these kind of things out of like, because they're just because they're selfish or they want money or something. It's, it's hard to me, hard for me to understand like their motivations, I guess. You know, because it really is what you said. That's like complete opposites from me to them or from you to them. It's just really di difficult to Our values realize. are just completely different than theirs. Yeah, true. Yeah, they really are. So that's, yeah, that's something that you actually really have to think about when you're there. And that becomes like, becomes a reality of your, of your everyday life when you're over there and you actually, actually have to work for the animals and with the animals. Now, what I would also be interested in is, do you believe, um, I mean, you had a couple of volunteer experience, like we said in the beginning, but now as we are talking specific, specifically about your time in the safari park, um, do you think that you have changed in any way? Um, could be whatever, a habit or even your values or anything um, in comparison yeah, to I before? Yeah, I definitely think I've changed. I think especially um, mentally, I think I've changed. Just doing something like that just changes your um, perspective, you know, your view on the world as as a whole. You just get more aware of the of that there are other things, you know, like other than your life at home that you're that you're used to. And there are these other things that are worth to do. And it's just, it just changes your, yeah, just your perspective on the world as a, as a whole. And it also, I think it made you, it made me, because I went alone, obviously I didn't have anyone with me. So I think it helped me to, um, get to know myself better and to, you know, help me learn how to live on my own, to like stand on my own two feet. Because um, that's also something that I probably otherwise wouldn't have learned or probably would have learned, you know, much later on in life. And, um, that's also something that I'm grateful for that. I have had this time to, you know, get to know myself better and find myself and know what it is that I'm passionate about and maybe some, you know, find out what I can 
do later in life and, you know, have this kind of a path in front of me that I can follow because now I know what I, you know, what I'm passionate about and what I care about. And that's something that I, that I'm really grateful for. Really nice. Yeah. I think, um, it's, it's something uh, similar to what you said, like, um, for example, for me, the volunteer experience, which I was not conscious about before, but it changed like my whole life in the sense of you, like you, you said you realize that there is something more than your, um, your daily life, let's say. Yeah. And I would say even more like one step further would be you realize that it, your life is not only about you, like that you are like connected to everything and that you can have, or you have anyway, an impact on the world, but like, yeah, that you have an impact on that, like due to those volunteer experience, you can like choose which impact, I mean, not only to the volunteer experience, but it's like the first step that you have like, yeah, an impact on the world and actually that you are important. That you can do something, you know? Yeah. That you can actually do something with your life that is good for the environment, for the world in general. It's just really cool to, to know that that is, that that's a thing, you know, that that is something that can, that can really be. Now, um, how did you feel when you had to leave uh, the project? Because I mean, you, in your case, you went in one year to four different projects and every time, I guess it was like, especially maybe with the first one, because it was your first volunteer experience, but like you beforehand, you prepare and you think, Hmm, how will this experience going to be? How will the people be? Um, and then it's a completely, completely different, uh, completely foreign, foreign place. You get there, you get used to there. Maybe the other volunteers and the people working there become kind of a family. You, you get, at least you become a team. And then you have to leave again because, you know, you're going to different project and you had like this rhythm four times a year. So how did you manage that? Um, how did you feel like? It's weird because I didn't think um, it would be that hard for me, you know, to leave. Um, but it was actually, it was really, it was difficult to say goodbye to the, the country, the people that I met there and just the situation in general it was just, it was weird because I obviously made some friends over there, very good friends that I knew that I wasn't going to see for a while after that. And that's, um, that's hard to, you know, to process that you, that you're just going to leave and it's going to be a while till you're going to get back or just see the people that you, that you met there and that you've become friends with. Um, that's actually a thing that I, um, noticed when I got home that I, I actually got like, I don't know how to call this, but it's like homesick, but the other way around, you know, I, I really, I really, I really missed, um, being in, in another country. And I had this kind of period and that I'm still sometimes struggling with it, uh, today, still today that I have this feeling that I have to go somewhere or have to go back there or somewhere um, else entirely to, you know, to, to feel, you know, to feel good. You know, it's just, it was such a cool experience that I, I would, if I can, if I could, I would go right now, you know, it's just, it's difficult sometimes to, to know that it's, you know, it's already, it's already over now and you can't go back there and relive it or something. It's over now. And 
it's yeah it was hard but i obviously i was happy when i got home and got to see my family and and everything again but um didn't go the way that i expected i I was very surprised to learn that it was um that hard for me to leave there do you think um or did you think in general it would be easier or didn't you even think that you could have problems leaving the project or the projects Mm, um i didn't think too much about that actually i thought it was just gonna be you know one project and then i left to do the next one um i didn't really think about it too much but obviously then when you're there and um you get to know many people it's yeah it's just a whole different scenario and it's just something that i didn't really expect i didn't really think too much about it and that's why i was so surprised that it actually actually was like that yeah do you still have contacts with other volunteers that you met there or in other projects i do i do um yeah i do actually and i'm very with some of them i have become very close and i talk to them very regularly and i plan to visit all of them at some point actually one of them that's that's really cool one of the volunteers that i met in south africa she was from new zealand and after the project um because i don't know if i uh, told that told you that already i after my projects i always had a month of free time after that to visit the country and just you know do a little bit of vacation and um after i was done with my little vacation my next project was in new zealand so by the time i got there she was back home from her project and then i actually visited her over there so that was really cool and that's like that's like the the stuff that you don't really you get to know these people from all over the world and to to think that you have these connections to these different countries now it's just something that i never really thought about before and it's so cool to have this opportunity and to know to get to know all of these people from all over the world it's a really cool experience yeah somehow the world um becomes like smaller like before if you're only home you feel like wow huge world i know the world actually is a small place (laughs) it really is it doesn't feel like it most of the time but it really is you get to yeah that's yeah really cool experience and it's beautiful to know that you have like friends all over the world you can come visit them they can come visit you they can visit me yeah true that's also something that we plan to plan off yeah All right, Samuel, one last question. (laughs) Um, Maybe um, from your experience and all the projects together, what is one or what is your one message for humanity? What do you think everyone should know about volunteer experience or in general? Mm -hmm. I think it's worth it. That's the one thing that I would say it's worth it. If you're thinking, if you're thinking about it, um, or if you're on, in, on the fence about it, should I do it or should I not do it? Um, go for it, do it. Cause it's, it's really worth it. It brings you so much joy and it brings so much life experience with it. And as I said, it's just something that you can't get anywhere else. If you just stay at home or, you know, it's, it's something different that you can't really, you can't really describe it. You have to do it for yourself to know. You get what I mean? And that's what I would say to everyone who has the opportunity to 
go somewhere and do something good somewhere, you know? It doesn't even have to be like the other end of the world like I did. You can do it at home or like, you know, you can do it anywhere. Just it's something really, really good. And I think it's worth it if you're thinking about it. Just just do it. Nice, completely. What did you or what would you tell someone who maybe... Um would love to do it is like really curious now after your interview about getting to know new culture, new experiences wherever in the world, but is afraid to travel alone. Maybe someone who's never even left their own country. Um, is, is there something like a tip or an advice you could give or? Okay. So the thing is, I would say if you, if you can somehow persuade yourself, go alone. Because um, it's just, it's different than when you go with a friend. You Because you have to, you're really dependent on just yourself. You have to do everything on your own. And you, you just get to learn yourself better. You know what, what, you're, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you're passionate about. And I think it's just, for me, I think it's, it's better to go alone. But going with a friend isn't necessarily bad. If you really don't want to, you obviously can take someone with you and it's going to be just as fun. I'll tell you, but, um, um, ultimately it's up to you, but if you, if you want to go and you can somehow, you know, persuade yourself, then I think you should go by yourself because it, it will change your life in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I think actually that's what, everyone who has ever done something like quality <laughs> experiences. I think we all have had the same, um, we had, we all, I think we all, like, we all like had the same experience, but with like different details, you know, it was the same story overall. You all get this, the same out of it, but everyone obviously had their different scenarios. But at the end, we all came to the, to similar conclusions. <laughs> I would say, I would say, yeah. I mean, it is something scary if you, if you're leaving your, your normal routine, but then you have to know you're never alone. Like, even though you're traveling alone, it's like, you get to know directly other people because I mean, you're a team. <laughs> it is a big step to go alone, but first of all, as you said, you get to meet people there. And, um, second of all, in our day and age, it's really not that difficult to, you know, stay in contact with all your uh, folks at home. So I think it's just, it's a win-win situation. So I think you really should go for it if you have the opportunity. Samuel, thank you so, so much for your time, <laughs> actually for the two days, because I don't know if you noticed guys, but last <laughs> week when we recorded the some technical part, difficulties, <laughs> yeah, we had some technical difficulties and uh, had to, yeah unfortunately uh record Start today over, yeah. <laughs> the second half i hope you didn't notice but yeah thank you especially samuel for your, you well yeah thank you for all of your time and for sharing your experience thank you for us. having me it was my pleasure it was thank really you. really fun recording with you it was <laughs> thank you it was it was great yeah. i really had fun Yep. And unfortunately, also this week's episode is over again. So please leave us an honest review on your favorite uh, platform. Podcast could be iTunes, could be Spotify, wherever, because only then we can reach more people and yeah, inspire to have a positive global impact. 
And then also follow us on Instagram, positive, positive global impact. And let us know what do you think about Samuel's, Samuel's experience? If you have any questions, um, and even if you know, maybe someone who would be great to have as an interview partner, message us there or message us uh, via email team.positiveglobalimpact at gmail.com. And we'll for sure write back to you. And last but not least, don't forget to share this episode with your family and friends and whoever else you want to share it with. And this way, increase your positive global impact on the world. See you, hear you, talk to you next week. <laughs> Stay green. Bravida. Bye.